Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to Doc G Show. I'm your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus Fernicus. Say what? Jarrett. Doc G, what is up, sir? Great to be back. Woo! I am fired up. I am fired up yeah. to be back, Mike. Yeah. It is, I, I mean, my gosh. Did you, I, you, you, you did some things. I did some stuff. You did some stuff over the break. Yeah. You know? In some places. That's cool. Yeah. I, I, did, I didn't yeah. do much. Nope. No. It was typical. I had lots of plans. <laughs> yeah. A lot of things were going to be done, and in the end, nothing was achieved. Nice. There you yeah. go, Doc G. No forced fun? No. No, no fun. <laughs> Zero fun. <laughs> no, I, you know, I mean, it's just, uh, that's what I always do over a break. I'm like, oh, I'm going to get this done. I'm going to have this done. Mm-hmm. We're going to mm-hmm. do this. I'm going to get these in. I'm going to have great workouts, and then I don't do shit. That's mm-hmm. usually, and then and then at the end of the break, you go, oh, oh, I forgot all of those. Oh, <laughs> nothing was achieved, and now I'm behind. Oh, crap. But you came yeah. to the homeland, Mike. I did, yes. Yeah. Traveled Florida. to the great world of Florida. Yeah, 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 yeah. You didn't come see me, but I get it. I wouldn't come I see me. I apologize, Doc G. Yeah, it's, it was I, a very I, short I, stay. I, I wouldn't come see me either. It makes sense. Plus, I was, <laughs> nope. I was afar. You would have had to travel like 200 miles. I get it. 150 yeah, I didn't, miles. Yeah, I didn't realize my mom lives so far away. You know? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't have the Florida, the coastal geography down, even though she's lived there for five years. Um, but yeah, I've, I least, forgot how far away she is. At least you didn't say like, 25 years, you know, at least yeah, five years. That would have been a little sad. Plus, like, you've been away from Florida the whole, basically the whole time she's lived there. Yeah. So, like, yeah. you know, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That makes mm-hmm. sense. But it was a good time in Florida. It was. It was. We did some shows. Nice. Ate nice. some really terrible food, but it was nice. great food, just terrible for my body. And, yeah, um, yeah good that times. Details, Mike. Who cares? Yeah. You know, who, yeah, cares? who cares? Who cares that it's... Holidays. It's, yeah, Exactly. So you got a little extra cushion in the midsection. That's fine. It's <laughs> yeah, fine. exactly. Mike, uh, even though I didn't get anything done, I did a lot, watch a, a pretty good amount of sports. Yeah. Some it's, good sports on. You know, college mm-hmm. football, NFL football, NBA basketball, mm-hmm. college basketball. The, the sports, Mike. The, yeah. The, just lots of them. Lots of yeah. them. Yeah. And uh, during these sports, Mike, I got to hear one of my favorite sayings by sports analyst. Hmm. It's one of the dumbest things. Are you ready for it? What, are they, <laughs> what is it? You're watching the game. It's somewhere in the fourth quarter, and the uh, the commentator says, well now, well, now we're in the fourth quarter. This is, this is where it really counts. <laughs> what? This is where it really counts? Before it didn't, all those points in the first three quarters, those were imaginary. Like, it's the dumbest thing, Mike. Yeah. It's the dumbest. I can't walk a marathon <laughs> and then sprint the last 200 yards and say, I won. 
I won the 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 last eighth of a mile. That's where it counts. Sweet. Not the not the first twenty six. Nobody cares about those. <laughs> like, it's just if that logic were true, every time I ate a pizza, I'd just save the last piece and be like, that's where the calories count. That last slice. <laughs> those first seven were all good. Like mm-hmm. just ridiculous, Mike. Yeah. It Rid- sounds like something that they would say in like a mad TV sketch or something, like a sat you remember that sketch that they did? Whoever has the most points might win this game. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> I had I had a coach that actually told us that, Mike. In halftime, he yeah. was serious. In middle school, I remember, he told us, shout out to Coach Smith. Coach Smith told us, fellas, if you score more points than the other team, you will win this game. So true. We were like, yeah. yeah that's how <laughs> That's how this game works, Coach. This is not golf. We're not trying to get a lower score. Yes, exactly. But, Mike, there, there's something else I wanted to bring up about uh, sports that that is irking me. Hmm. There, there's, there's a lot. There are a lot of gambling companies. Hmm. Sport yeah. gambling, Mike. My there God, are. when did this plague come down on us? Like you can't watch a game or anything related to sports without seeing at least fifteen ads. For betting on games. Really? I thought there were only like two. No, Mike. FanDuel, DraftKings, ESPN Bet, Bet EMGM, Hard Rock Sports, Fanatics, Caesar Sportsbooks, SI Sportbooks. It's just... Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, it's too much, Mike. Mm, Yeah, that's a lot. It's too much. And like every single thing in the sport is now sponsored by betting. So, like, literally, you, like, see on the back of the basketball goal, there's a, a DraftKings logo at the bottom of the the screen. There's a, mm-hmm. you know, FanDuel's logo. And, I mean, you know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, Mike, but, like, I'm not saying the games are fixed. I'm just saying the optics don't look good. No, <laughs> no, they don't. You They're know? not fixed now, but man, it's yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I mean, it's like an escort. As far as we know, yeah. As far as we know, <laughs> wink. Like I mean, it's like an escort service being sponsored by an STD clinic. Like probably should be fine, but uh, probably not going to buy one of those escorts. Yeah, you know, probably yeah, don't want one of those. The yeah. odds are not great. <laughs> no. They're not in your favor, era. and like it's not only the games though; it's also the sports shows now. Like every mm. sport commentator show, I can't listen to a TV show or a podcast without hearing some jack telling me about the spread or the backdoor cover or the mm. who's chalk side, who's got different prop bets. Like, yeah, I. And it's all of them just to be like, oh, God, I feel like such a man because I know all of these cool terms. Like, (laughs) your didn't grow because you know what a parlay bet is. Move on. Like, it's just, it's ridiculous, Mike. Yeah. Doc G, let's start an app where we create a betting app for the sports shows. Over under how many times they'll say spread. What they're uh, nice, <laughs> nice. We 
We will be the contradiction to ourselves. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> exactly. Like, the, the, the one other thing there, man, is that they just, they also are horrible at it. At, mm. at the bets. Like, you know, yeah. all of these shows, they, they give you their, and it's not surprising. Like, nobody's going to be good at these bets. You can't bet on these things. You have no idea. But on the shows, they'll, they'll you know, they'll do their bets, and they're only right like 30% of the time. Mm, that sounds about right. Yeah, seventy percent of the. That's that's why that's why these companies make money. Obviously, yeah, exactly. But like, then the dude's bragging about how he was right thirty percent of the time. Well, I killed it on that Michigan on that Michigan score. It's mm. all me. And you're like, yeah. What about the six others before that that you totally <laughs> up on? What about those? <laughs> like. It's like, uh, well, again, Doc G, you don't want to be so half empty here. <laughs> it's just like, I mean, gosh, uh, man. And, it, it, yeah. and listeners, if you're one of the people that's like, hey, I love sports betting. It makes sports so much more fun. Well, then I got news for you. You don't like sports. Nope. You like mm. gambling. Yeah. So just go to a just go to a casino. Go move near Mike and just go to casinos. It'll yeah. be much more fun. Like, oh, my gosh. It's great. <laughs> I mean, it's exactly the, the what I was thinking, Mike. It's exactly like the guy that loves the World Cup because he just likes to get drunk at the games. Mm. You know? I've got news for you. You don't like soccer. You like getting drunk. You know? But, you know. Eh, yeah. eh, and, like, the thing is, I don't care if you like gambling. You know? It's, it's your right to be delusional as far as that you can win money from these companies, that it's their job to take money from you, and you're going to be like, mm-hmm. Totally going to score millions of dollars from this bet. No, you're not. Oh, you heard that there's a prop bet on Reggie Jackson. He's going to eight points tonight against New Orleans. Lock it. Let's do it. Sounds like a can't-miss investment. But (laughs) regardless, Mike, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, listeners, you're not going to win on sports betting. You know? But... I can tell you what kind of betting you will win on, Mike. Betting on this show? Amen. Yes. Put your money down, Mike. (laughs) Put your money down. You're back in black, listeners, on the Doc G Show. Mike, are you ready to fire this show up? Let's fire up the show, Doc G. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and liftoff. Woo! Mike, we have, oh man, it's a good show to fire off 2024. We have the one, the only, Drew Copeland. Drew Copeland. Fantastic band, Sister Hazel. We've had him on the show five years ago. It's hard to believe that I had him on the show five years Mm. ago. Like, that's that's crazy. I'm old. Yeah. Anywho. Five years. Yeah, this is nuts. Just goes by. A half a decade. My goodness. Anyways, we've got a whole bunch of things to talk to Drew about, but first, we need to start where we start. Birthday suit. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Now, Mike, uh, last year, 2023, you ended 83 and a half out of 150. Nicely done. Let's Thank hear you. it for Thank Mike. You. Thank Let's you. hear Thank it you, for Mike. That is 
You know, thank you, thank you. That's what we thought. You know, that's what we were hypothesizing somewhere around there. Let's see if we can beat it this year. You know, all right. Right now, you're zero for zero. It's a brand <laughs> new day, Mike. It's the percentages a, are really high in the beginning. It is. It is good. Yeah. It is good. Uh, now this one is a, a musical artist, Mike. Old musical artist. Come on, I'm, underhand, underhand, Doc G, underhand. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna <laughs> I need try a, to I need a t-ball situation right now. <laughs> I'm gonna try to give you a singing clue first. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> If you want my body and you think uh, I'm sexy, um, come on, sugar, let me know. Hmm. Anything? Rod Stewart. Woo! Yeah. yeah. Starting it off, 2024. Nicely done, Mike. Thank Nicely you. Thank done. You. Thank you. January 10th, 1945. Rod Stewart, London, England. Started performing uh, in music 1962. He uh, he got to he, he was just one of those dudes. He just went out there on the street and made it happen. He got a harmonica and was like, "I will be here." And just what do jam. they call that, Doc G? What are they? What is busking. that called? Um, busking. Busking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Busking. Yeah. Yeah. We've had a couple of like uh, artists that got their start busking on the show. Mm-hmm. Jack Broadbent's the one that comes to mind first. Jack, uh, he did it all through Europe. Like, and I mean, he got really, like, that was, you know, he had one of those real, like, I feel like just a crazy viral moment because Mm. he, you know, he was busking and somebody else filmed him and that video went just absolutely bananas. Mm. That's got to be a good feeling, you know? Yeah. Like, you weren't pushing it, you weren't doing anything, and all of a sudden everybody's just like, oh my God, the talent. Like, yeah. That's pretty kick. I'm yeah, guessing. That's pretty cool. I'm guessing the same thing happened to Rod. Like you know, 1962, they went bananas for Rod. Come on. Yeah. He's now in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He's in the UK Music Hall of Fame. He's got a Hollywood Walk of Fame star. He was awarded the first ever Diamond Award from the World Music Awards for over a hundred million records sold worldwide. Mm, and wow. he's released 34 studio albums. Wow, wow, 34. That's a he's, lot, man. He's done a couple. He has Prolific. done a couple. Yes, yes. Coming up on 80. 79, Mike. Really? 79. He's still performing too, right? Still out there. Getting man. Every now and then Good I'll see him. a video from him and his uh, daughter. I'll see those on mm. the old social medias, you know? Him jamming with his daughter, which is nice. Yeah. But uh, regardless, nice. Mike, are you ready to uh, rip some headlines? Let's rip some headlines, Doc G. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Mike, uh, big news last week. Uh, The Jeffrey Epstein files were released. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Good news, listeners. Me and Mike weren't accused of any wrongdoing. Nope. Yes. Yes, we were not in the files, everyone. High fives. But I will say, Mike, it was very peculiar. I don't know if you saw this because a lot of names were mentioned. Uh, Mm -hmm. Not surprisingly, uh, Epstein told people he knew uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, even though it's pretty clear he didn't. He would just name drop him, and that was what was in some of this testimony was that he would like, you know, he'd have his phone, and he'd be like, oh, sorry, 
Yeah, that was Leonardo DiCaprio. I just finished talking to him. And, uh, yeah, that was... And I feel bad for those, because, like, literally, there were several instances of that, and then the people around Leo have to come out and be like, no, he doesn't know that guy. He never knew that guy. And it's like, oh. But there was an instance there in uh, in the uh, files where they uh, said Michael Jackson was mentioned. I don't know if you saw that. No, I didn't see that. Yeah, one of the alleged victims of Epstein, uh, while she was testifying, was asked if she met anyone famous at Epstein's house. And she said she met Michael Jackson. She then followed it up by saying she did not give him a massage and she was not accusing him of any wrongdoing. Hmm. And so there were several outlets that came out and were, you know, this was sort of their yeah. big big news story. And I got to be honest, mm-hmm. I got to be honest, Mike, nobody thought Michael Jackson was going to be doing wrongdoing in this scenario, right? Like, not really his cup of tea, if you know what I nah. mean. Needs you know? a theme park. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's like reporting a vegetarian went to a steakhouse and was not interested in any of the fillets. Yeah, that's what we expected. We didn't... Come on. <laughs> Come on. It's Mike. It's Mike. Anyways, uh, Mike, this is a, a headline real quick for you. Uh, quote, bipolar disorder is linked to early death more so than smoking. Ooh. Yeah. But when you think about it, that makes sense, right, Mike? Mm, how? I mean, you're, you're living a double life, so it's going mm. to end a little quicker. Uh, so you're like you smoking one. <laughs> yeah, you're <laughs> you're living you're living for two, Mike. <laughs> you're living for two. Come on, man. Uh, yeah. Let's speed up. Yeah. Uh, Mike, great story from the Washington Post. Here, I like this one. Uh, there are so many things I don't like about flying. Uh, mm-hmm. When you when you posted that video of you waiting in the ridiculous line <laughs> when you were flying yeah. back to Vegas, yeah. I wanted to throw up. That was yeah. I was just like, oh. God, that's horrible. Oh. Yeah, it was terrible. Listeners, he had, he, he posted on a Security. story. Yeah, and yeah. he was just, he was in this maze of people oh, yeah. just Orlando, back and forth. Orlando, Yeah, Ugh. oh my gosh. Ugh. It wasn't too bad. That's oh, horrible. One, yeah. one of the many things that I hate about flying, Mike, and this was what was actually discussed in the article here in the Washington Post. Um, let's get this out of the way, Mike. Please tell me you're not one of the people that gets up early and is waiting to go into the plane even when your gate when your number hasn't been called. No, I don't do that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. No. They have a name for that at the airport, Mike. The people mm. that work at the airport have a name for people that do that. You know who they are? No, what are they? Gate lice. Gate lice. Yeah. Which I gate think is lice. a perfect name. It's disgusting. <laughs> You're like oh. Yeah it is. Now, uh, Mike, uh, the Washington Post called up some psychologists and asked why people do this. Why do they just accumulate at the gate trying to get onto the plane before it's time for them to get onto the plane? Yeah, I think it's like an extreme anxiety of being left like or like not catching the flight. It's a, it's a little bit. I mean, uh, they summed it up. They summed it up. Uh, uh, the psychologist as two things. One, it comes down to conformity. 
they're trying to conform to what other people are doing. Mm. And two, this would be your sort of idea, competition. Mm, yeah, competition. Yeah. Mike, I can sum it up even better. They're being stupid. Yeah. <laughs> as, as one of the psychologists put it, Mike, quote, people will do any weird thing if they think that's the way to behave. Mm. Yeah. 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 Now, I will say, Mike, I'm sure there's somebody listening right now that's like, yeah, 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 but what if you're worried about the space for your carry-on? Mm, that's that's a thing. Then just check your bag. Yeah. Just check your... And if you're worried, you're like, oh, I don't want to do that because they're going to lose my bag. Then don't fly Spirit, okay? Mm. And if you can only fly Spirit because that's all you can afford, then I suggest not flying. <laughs> just don't travel. <laughs> yes. Don't do it. Don't... Do it, uh, Mike. Let's uh, let's move on here. Um, this is uh, uh, this is an interesting one. <laughs> this is uh, another headline. This is from uh, the Associated Press. Quote: Pilot accused of threatening to shoot airline captain mid-flight calls it a misunderstanding. <laughs> Oh. Uh, come on. Oh, it seems I've been misusing the word misunderstanding, Mike. Apparently, misunderstanding is synonymous with huge f***ing deal. Mm, didn't know that. Mike, apparently this pilot and captain were flying across the country when a passenger's health started to decline. The captain told the other pilot that they had to, uh, if it, if their health got worse, they would need to divert the flight to Grand Junction, Colorado. It was at this point that the pilot threatened to shoot the captain multiple times if he diverted the plane to Grand Junction, Colorado. To which, in court, the pilot acknowledged he did threaten the captain, but... Said his remarks were intended as a joke, Mike. Mm. Just a joke. Ah, the old joke. Ah. Now keep in mind, Mike, this pilot literally has a gun. They travel with a gun. They are authorized to have a handgun at all I didn't times. I know that. Yeah. Not not all not all pilots, but some. Mm. There's this uh, you know, ever since nine eleven, of course, they couldn't have uh air marshals on every single flight, so they made right. this program where some pilots can have a gun and they have to go through all these checks and whatnot. Yeah. And this crazy f had a gun. Mm. And he was claiming that he was gonna shoot the other pilot. Oh gosh. Guns. Not good. Not, just not good. good but you know Ugh. what, Mike? Chalk it all up to a misunderstanding. Yeah, it was just a misunderstanding. Just a jokey joke. Just a misunderstanding. <laughs> Come on now. Get out of town. You're joking. Why is your face red and you're yelling and you look angry? and Waving your gun. <laughs> Why are you waving your gun? Uh, like Yosemite <laughs> Sam over there. Uh, Mike, news from Business Insider. Apparently, the use of LinkedIn as a dating platform has increased in popularity with Generation Z. Ew. Mm. Come on, Generation Z. You're better than that. That's a fact. 
You're not going to get more fake of a persona of a person than you're going to get on LinkedIn. There's no way you can tell who you should date by what they say on LinkedIn. Nope. That's like finding out Ashley has a certificate in business strategy. It's not going to get me. Oh, yeah. That's That's who I'm going for. (laughs) That's what I'm getting down on. Like, come on. I mean, all social media is fake, Mike, but I would LinkedIn. argue LinkedIn is yeah. probably the most fake. Yeah. Like, that's all just like, well, I'm trying to get a job, so I should probably lie my <laughs> off. Like, it's, come on. Come on. But regardless, apparently, that some people are out there trying to trying to do it. Uh, Mike. A weird one out of Jefferson City, Missouri. A Catholic priest was found guilty of soliciting sex with an adult during confession. An adult? Exactly! (laughs) What? What is that, Mike? Huh? This guy didn't get the memo. Jeez. Uh, after this was discovered, Mike, uh, the priest was permanently banned from hearing confessions. He cannot celebrate mass publicly without the explicit permission of the bishop, and he can never hold an office within the church again. Aww. I think the thing, though, that I'm most interested in, though, is like, was this the first time he tried this tactic? Mm. You know? Because this does not seem like a successful tactic. Like This seems like something that would go wrong the first time you did it. Not like this was the eighth time he did it, and then somebody was like, Whoa, hey, hey, I thought you were hearing my sins, not asking me if I wanted to bone. This is not like, you know, like it, was this one of those things around town? Like, oh, you're going to confessions? Is Father Jeff there? Watch out, he's going to ask you to bone you. <laughs> make sure like just like i just yeah. it seems like a very peculiar thing you know mm, yeah uh, i don't know i don't know yeah. anyways and, Mike. like you can't see the you can't see the other person you just have no idea what, what like what <laughs> why would you do that who's, why would you do that? that that's a good point who's who's the person that's gonna take a chance like maybe he looks good i don't know what is <laughs> going on. all right let's give it a shot yeah, all right it's a terrible idea see who pops out on the other side yeah you know, and if I mean, and if the person's really religious too, that is a big, that is a big, uh, you know, a, a, a big sin negative yeah. on like, like, then you I gotta mean, it go. Could, it could be. Then you gotta go to another confession and be like, hey, listen, I gotta confess a sin. I had sex with a priest in a confessional <laughs> down the street. That was bad. Like, that's. Nobody wants to do that. That's not good. Yeah. Well, you uh, gotta unless they're like, you know, but Jesus is okay with this? Yeah, I guess so. All right. <laughs> All right, talk to you. Mike, we got one other one here. A headline uh from uh the AP again from the Associated Press. Terminally ill Connecticut woman ends her life on her own terms in Vermont. Vermont. Coming through. More evidence, Mike, of how awesome Vermont is. Her life is ending, and she's like, you know what? Screw Connecticut. I don't care how long I've been living here. To the green state. (laughs) We're going. Yes. Gosh, Mike. It's not really. It's because of a 
rule they have in Connecticut, but details. Who cares? Mm. Who cares? Assisted Mike, suicide? Not not allowed yeah, in Connecticut. They, they weren't they weren't letting it. Weren't letting Vermont's it go cool down. Though. Vermont was fine with it. So add chalk. Are there it up. any other states that allow that? Do you know? I'm sure, Mike. Yeah. I'm sure. That I thought was that just, was like not a thing in America. Like only that was in like just, Australia or something. That was just the closest. I'm sure was Vermont. Uh, you know. Okay. We'll we'll you know what we'll look up the details to just make everyone happy because who doesn't want to <laughs> hear about about assisted suicide? Anyways, Mike, we got to take a break. We are going to be right back. We are going to hear from the one, the only, oh, the one, the only sister Hazel. This is your winner right here. On the Doc G Show. Back here on the Doc G Show. Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Mike, what should the listeners do? Well, if the listeners feel like the show is a positive way to waste their time, they should please subscribe Mm -hmm. on Apple Podcasts or Mm -hmm. Spotify or wherever they get their podcast. It is a cost-effective way to support the show. And if the listeners are feeling extra generous, Mm -hmm. they should leave us a comment Mm -hmm. or five-star review and a comment. Mm -hmm. Either Mm -hmm. either or. Yeah. Couple things to add to that, Mike. One, feel free, listeners, to subscribe on YouTube. It's actually an active page. Oh, yeah. We're on YouTube. Yeah, we're on YouTube now. So subscribe on YouTube. Uh, Mm -hmm. Two, if you're going to leave a comment, we don't want it. No comments. Yeah. Now, that, that's no. a rule, all right? I'm not interested in your negative Nancy behavior, all right? Not interested in it at all. If you don't like it, here's your option. Don't listen. Mm. That's your option. About 6.999 billion people have chose that option. That's a fact. And I appreciate that from them, okay? So anybody with negative comments, Mike, I read the negative comments over break, and it ruined my break, Mike. Just wanted to let uh. you know that. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So, way to go. If that was your goal, commenters that wanted to be nasty, you did it. You ruined me. <laughs> you ruined me, listeners. Uh, Actually, they weren't listeners, Mike. They're haters. That's what they were. But regardless, haters. Mike, we needed to thank the listeners. They kept, they kept us afloat over the break. I was happy. We didn't see the numbers drop. Nope. People were still listening to old shows. They were getting out there. They were doing it, and I appreciate it. Uh, we do. First off, five-star listeners. Here we go. Shout out. Shout out Jacksonville, Florida, Columbia, South Carolina, Radford, Virginia, Gainesville, Florida, Frankfurt, Germany, Anoka, Minnesota, Ashburn, Virginia, Piercot, Brazil, San Diego, California, Dublin, Ireland, Boardman, Oregon, Jittaway, Italy, Toms River, New Jersey, Tom, uh, Olive Branch, Mississippi, Asheville, North Carolina, Los Angeles, California, Spartansburg, South Carolina, Athens, Georgia, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Chicago, Illinois, and Boynton, Virginia. One screw up, Mike. <laughs> aside from that. First show, man. It's okay. It's got to get it back. Got to get it up. back. Got some interesting ones for four-star listeners, Mike. Got some interesting okay. ones. Hopefully, we can get them into the fold for 2024. We can convince them to become regulars. 
Here we go. Uh, Huntingtown, Maryland. Huntingtown, Maryland. Shout out to you guys. Shout out to New York, New York. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All, all five boroughs. We appreciate it. Tampa, Florida. Shout out to Tampa. That West Coast Florida vibes. Mm-hmm. Sostanj, Slovenia. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Newark, New Jersey. Shout out to you guys. Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. It is pleasant, Mike. I don't know if you've ever been mm. there. It's nice. I don't Char- think so. It's right beside Charleston. Cairo, oh, okay. Egypt. Nashville, Tennessee. Budapest, Hungary. Cool. New Freeport, Pennsylvania. Mike, that place sounded small to me, so I looked it up. I was like, New Freeport. What are we looking mm-hmm. at in New Freeport? How many people you think are in New Freeport? Mm, 3,000. 4,000. 53. <laughs> 53,000. No. 53. Fi- oh, 53 people. 53 people. Wow. Yeah. So shout wow. out, man. We... Over two percent of Newport of New Freeport are listening to the Doc G show, and we appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, New Freeport. We thank appreciate you. it. Thank you. Um, Nottingham, United Kingdom, Tullytown, Pennsylvania, Noonan, Georgia, and Tyler, Texas. There we go. There cool. we go. Shout out to everybody that listens. We appreciate it. Keep on listening. We do. Thank you. We're building the base. And at we this are. and at this rate, guys, we will be a worldwide show. Mm-hmm. Popular known around the world in less than a thousand years. Mm-hmm. And yep. I appreciate it. We're on it. our way. We're right there. Right there. Just a couple hundred more to go. <laughs> Mike, uh I, I like to throw fun facts out there from time to time. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I think the audience uh, enjoys it, you know? Yeah, for sure. An impressive fact that makes you go, what? Really? I didn't know that. I thought we needed a segment where I just give you a fact like that. All right. I have titled this segment, Mike, Amazing Facts You Didn't Know You Needed to Know and You Probably Don't. Girl, come on! <laughs> Mike, I'm going to let you choose... The type of fact the listeners are getting. All right? All right. Here's your categories. Geography fact. Animal physiology fact. Astronomy fact. Recent history fact. Or etymology fact. Hmm. Hmm. What do you want to hear? I'm going to go with the astronomy facts. Astronomy fact. All right, Mike. Yeah. Uh, it's a good choice. Good choice. You know Venus? Yeah, yeah, I know Venus. Yeah. Venus is the only planet that spins clockwise. Mmm. Scientists don't know why, Mike. Not only that, but it rotates really slow. This is a wacky concept. A Venus year, Mike is 225 Earth days. But a Venus day is 243 Earth days. Huh? A Venus day is longer than a Venus year. Hmm. It rotates around the sun faster than it rotates on its axis. Ah, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. So, so if you live on Venus, which you would definitely be dead because it's way too hot, but if you live mm-hmm. on Venus, your day would be longer than your year. Well, on one side, it's really hot, and the other side, it could be freezing, right? Yes. Or is it really hot? You just have to run in a circle, which you could do because it uh, yeah. rotates so slowly. <laughs> so you just need to make sure. You just need to... There's just a, a sweet spot right in the middle Yeah. where you're in between... <laughs> because- negative 200 and 600 degrees and you're like ah oh god ah, stay right <laughs> the goldilocks here zone. exactly exactly mike so there you go astronomy cool. fact you know what since it's the first time around do you want another which one do you want geography yeah. animal physiology recent history or animology uh let's go with the etymology okay etymology for anybody out there study of words that's what we're looking at here mike thank you you. i didn't know that actually i just went with etymology because i was like i I don't know what that means (laughs) etymology the the origin of Uh, where words come from the the uh you know how they develop uh do you know mike what the blob of toothpaste is on your toothbrush there's a word for it is it a dollop no that would be like you would have to that'd be with your hand i would imagine a dollop of whipped cream. Yes. Are there any other dollops? Sour cream. <laughs> oh yeah, a dollop. <laughs> it, uh, All right. Anyways, multiple nah, I, creams. I <laughs> uh, yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> Only creams get the dollop. That's right. All right. That's right. It's okay. known as a nurdle, Mike. Nurdle. Nurdle. Word. Oh. Yeah. Apparently, that's also a little pellet of plastic is known as a nurdle. But like uh, the toothpaste companies, when they were litigating whether or not they could copyright the little blob of toothpaste mm. in their commercials, they titled it a nurdle. So mm. that's what it's known as, Mike. A nurdle. Nurdle. There you okay. go. There you go. Mike, I'm going to give you one more just because I like it. Animal physiology fact. Here you go. Sloths can hold their breath for up to 30 minutes. Whoa. Yeah. That's awesome. Ah, They don't move. Perks. I was about to say, perks to going slow, Mike. (laughs) Perks to going slow. But, Mike, we are going to take a break. We are going to hear, uh, well, no. Huh? We are going to take a break. We are going to be right back with none other than Drew Copeland from Sister Hazel right here on the Doc G Show. This Rock Montana. This Mucho Yellow. And it's Rockin' Yellow. And you're listening to Doc G Show from 803 to 904. The best show on the radio. You dig? This is 95.5 Spinnaker Radio. WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We are super happy to be starting off the year with a guest whose band was on the show way back 2019. He's a part of the fantastic band Sister Hazel, who has been together now 30 years. 30 years. 
releasing so much fantastic music. They released the song Coconut Trees in August, and here in just a week or so, they're going to be releasing a new single, Love You More. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Andrew Copeland. Drew, how are you, sir? Doing great, man. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. How was uh, Christmas, New Year's? How'd it go? You know, man, I was just thinking to myself as we're, you know, we're kind of wrapping things up. We we tend to be the family that still has a few Christmas decorations up uh, a week or so into the new year. Like we don't get it down right away. So, uh, but I was thinking how awesome it was, man. Just really blessed. Had had uh, had family in town, and it was just it was really nice. What about you? How how was your Christmas? You know, I, I I'm not I'm not a huge uh holiday person usually I, yeah. I like to just i do the holiday thing on random days as okay. the listeners know i really don't like feeling forced to have fun or forced to like do things at a certain time and i'm like i feel like people are telling me you have to be with your family today and i'm like no what if i want to do it on february 18th that's when I want to be with my family, you know, like, so it just, uh, you know, it, it was nice. It's, it's, it's always good because, uh, you, everybody just sort of stops doing things. So you get to slow down. So that's nice. That's yeah, big, the best part. Yeah. Um, well, you guys, uh, you guys finished up 2023. You had a couple of shows there that ended up the, uh, the year Chicago house of blues, uh, those were the final shows of Dave, Dave Legrand, your uh, uh, keyboard and sax player who'd been on tour with you guys for about 10 years. How did it end up for Dave? And it, it's awesome. And we're still, you know, we still stay in touch. And who, who knows when he'll pop up and, and play a show with us. But he, uh such a great guy. And he's got a very young family. And uh, it was a very tough decision for him. But something that has actually kept this band together as long as we have been together is that family comes first. And so he had to make a decision for that was best for him and his wife and his newborn baby girl. And, and uh, we wish him nothing but the best, but that the Chicago shows are always a blast, but that certainly made it even more special. Well, I was, I was going to say that I was actually going to bring that up a little bit later, but it is one of the things that always sticks out to me about sister Hazel is that, I mean, 30 years and you guys haven't had a lineup change as far as the core group there's not and you know yeah. all all i could uh chalk up to it was that you had built up a lot of good omen because of your name you basically associate yourself with good karma hey. but it, it, do you have i mean is it is it because of the family rule what's the uh what's the secret I think there's a combination of a lot of things. I, I think one thing is we all have very uh, sharp senses of humor. We were a lot of us are very sarcastic and we laugh a lot, like even to this day. Now, don't get me wrong, man. We've we've had our ups and downs. You know, Ken and I are probably the most dominant personalities in the band, and there have certainly been periods throughout our career that he and I did not get along and that caused a lot of, you know, a lot of stress probably honestly at this point, a lot of undue stress, uh, for the band. Um, but dude, in March, this coming March, Ken and I will have been singing together for 33 years. That's how long we've been, you know, been at it together. So, uh, so I, I would say, you know, our senses of humor, um, I would say, yes, the family, uh, family first thing. 
I also think, man, we made it through kind of the crazy period where, you know, we toured around in a van and trailer for a number of years, uh, and, you know, selling CDs or, or cassette tapes out of the back of our, out of back of our van. And, um, and then all of a sudden you have this, you know, this rise to success. And, and in that moment, you have people either start to buy the, the hype, like, do, do, am I really, I'm a superstar, you know, either that or they go the other way and they go, man, how lucky are we to get to do this? And during that time period, we had some, some shuffling and some, some, uh, probably some, we, we were, we were all still really partying pretty hard to it at that point. And so things got pretty to. rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things got pretty rough during that time period, but we made it through it. And, and um, I think we all kind of learned what our roles were within the band, and we all like embraced that instead of were resentful about it, whatever whatever yeah. that might be. And I will tell you that the band, we are truly a band, meaning each member brings a very valuable piece to what we do. And we there, you know. We've covered a lot of songs. Um, we did some stuff for Fleetwood Mac, and and uh, we did a couple of songs for some soundtracks that weren't ours. But when you hear our band play, and when you hear me and Ken sing together, it's it's a sound like you know yeah. you go, oh, that's that's Sister Hazel. Um, yeah. So and we're proud of that. Um, but man, you know, then we all have families, and so now we're all kind of you know we're all heading the same direction, and that happened you know 15 years ago, and so. We've continued to make Sister Hazel is kind of the mothership and that kind of feeds everything else. We all have other things that we're kind of doing um, on the side just just for fun. You know, Ken and I still do acoustic runs every once in a while just just to because it's different for us and it's fun to go out and do that. But as long as we're feeding the mothership, then things kind of stay together and we keep moving forward. And that that's part of why. And I'm sorry for talking so much, but I'm having my coffee. So it's like, I don't know. <laughs> Um, it's part of why we keep putting out music and we're, you know, we spend time in the studio and, and, uh, fans are still, um, connecting with the music that we're putting out even after 30 years, you know, and that's, man, you know, what more can you ask for as a guy that's been in the music business for, for 33 years? It's just, it's not an easy gig. And, and, um, we've, we've just been really blessed, man. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah, you made me think it, it always I, I think of, you know, you're talking about that unique sound and it is truly something that you don't see too often in the, the music industry is that ability to bring different personalities together and make something unique that if you put somebody else in there, it just doesn't sound right. It's it's, right. it's off. And, you know, I always think I always think of Red Hot Chili Peppers because to me, they're one of those ones that they just they so have such unique roles. And yep. when, you know, and when John Vershani left the band and they brought in uh, they brought in the new guitarist there, Adam, it just didn't it just didn't sound like Red. I mean, it sounded like a new Red Hot Chili Peppers. But it didn't sound like right. Red Hot Chili Peppers of, of old. And and, you know, I yes. do think that's that's one of those really unique things you guys do have your harmonies, the the guitar sounds. Uh, it, it's it is Sister Hazel. And if you if you change it, it's just not the it's not the same. It's I've not, got another not... one. I've got another one on, on a pretty large scale, and that is Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. When when Stan left the band, not that Frone is not an awesome drummer because he is, but Stan had a thing, and mm -hmm. and he made the band sound a certain way because of 
where his pocket was and and the the songs that they did early on versus what they did later it changed not that it wasn't great again but but it was different you know yeah. so yeah it's, it's can, cool when you find, and then we've got that we've got that across the board for us you know ryan our lead guitar player mm-hmm. he's phenomenal and he's got a thing that you can't teach like you can, he, he didn't learn that that's just what ryan has you know mm-hmm. he plays from the soul and then our rhythm section man when they lock in they do things that are that are just unique for our band and they create a they create a groove for us that enables us to do what we do so yeah, yeah. We, we've we've been really fortunate no doubt you you can really see that stand difference on breakdown i think you know yeah oh yeah big time oh that, yeah that's, that's that pocket that is yeah that it's it's super deep pocket and and uh stan and i have become i mean we've been like brothers for many many years uh he lives just outside of gainesville um and we stay in touch we've written a ton of songs together he produced my um my solo record that i did back a million years ago uh just a great guy but just and he's still playing and and it's so funny because we've played so we've played a a number of petty songs in our sets Mm -hmm. and stan came out and played some of those songs with us totally different like it was almost like it it was almost like and nothing against mark because mark's a great drummer but it's like you know we were playing i forget we played we played american girl and we played uh uh, listen to your heart, uh, listen to her heart. And, um, just a couple of songs like that. And it was like, all of a sudden it was like, Oh, this is the song. Like, this is the, like, I'm playing with the record now. You know, it, it was crazy. It was really it, good. It is why I think drums to most people are the most sort of underestimated in that, in that ability, as far as how to change a song that people are like, yeah, somebody's back there two and four, who cares? Right, but yeah, like, it, it's just not true. They're, yeah. yeah. Guys it makes yeah. a huge difference. But, um, uh, going back real quick to the uh, to the Chicago shows, I noticed there on uh, on Instagram you guys had a a picture uh, with with Urban Meyer. Urban came out there oh, to yeah, the yeah, shows, yeah. and uh, obviously he was in Gainesville for several years. You guys are a Gainesville band. Uh, yeah. Do Do you know uh, Urban pretty well? Oh yeah, really well. Yeah, I've, I've known Urban since he was here coaching um, through through that whole time period. Um, I. Uh, I I'm aware of of his his stint in Jacksonville, and I know that wasn't as pleasant as it was for him in Gainesville. But I've known Urban for a long time. Um, he's a good dude. He, he you know he's not perfect, like just like all of us. Uh, but uh, but I, I really like Urban, and, and he's a he's a fan of the band. Him and his family have known them for a long time. He seemed pretty jazzed to be at the show. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, he yeah he, he loves it. You know, get a chance to get out, and he's. Man, you know, I'll tell you, a lot of people gave him a hard time here in Gainesville when he left and about the, you know, with him with his health issues. And I can tell you firsthand that the guy was having severe anxiety and pressure from this gig. And this, you know, Mm -hmm. I bet, I bet Napier right now, I bet if we could get him on here, he'd go, oh no, it's a lot of pressure. It, It is a lot of pressure to be the head coach here. And during that time period when Urban was in Gainesville, he did everything. Like yeah. he he was not, and that was something that he learned to do later in Ohio State was to delegate. But while yeah. he was here when he was young, dude, he did everything. And I'm talking like even like he he ordered the meals for the in-flight travel. Like he was he like he did everything. Yeah. Um, not that he didn't have a great staff, he just put it on himself. Like he mm-hmm. had to do it. Wasn't going to be right. But anyway. 
No, he, Urban's a good dude. Him and his family, and they they like the band. He definitely looked like he ran himself in. I mean, it, and that that you can tell. Like that's the thing is he just one hundred percent laser focused. What do I have to do to win? Regardless if it's driving me into the ground physically, mentally, everything else, and uh, yeah, yeah it's uh, I mean, you, you, uh, speaking of you're a big football guy, you, you played in college there for a couple of yeah. years in North Carolina, yeah. Uh, how, how is it like? I mean, now being in the music industry for so, so long and getting to meet some of these, you know. These big names in football, getting to play the the Jags Saints game this past season. Yeah, it was like, cool. Is I mean, just being sort of, you know, connected in that way. How cool is it to get that opportunity? I, I geek out, man. I'm not gonna lie. Like I I try not to show it outwardly, but no, man. It's a it's super cool. Like like there and. I got to tell you, man, you know, I've had these opportunities at whether it's at celebrity golf tournaments, you know, charity golf tournaments or whatever, where I get to meet some of these guys and you just have to like, I belong. I, you know, I just say in my head, <laughs> I belong. I should be here. It's okay that I'm talking to, you know, to, to whoever it might be at the time. But um, yeah, it's, it's been really cool. Met a, a ton of, of amazing athletes, football specifically. In fact, I got to be really good friends with Daryl Johnson uh, out in Dallas um, early on. And whenever we would travel through there, I would stay with him. In fact, I went to uh, I went to a Cowboys game. We played there. I ended up staying, went to a Cowboys game that he was when he was still playing and uh, and got to hang out with him and and uh, got to be really good friends. We're still really good friends. Stay stay in touch. And, you know, Emmett was from here. And uh, Ken and I got to sing the anthem at, at one of the Cowboys games while they were still playing, and it was it was kind of cool to walk off after seeing after, after singing the anthem and have those guys go, "Hey, Drew, what's up?" You know, it's like you know, and you try to act no like no big yeah, deal, no big deal. <laughs> Evan Smith saying hello, you know, it, it, was, it was it was cool. Yeah, I, I like that stuff, man. It's fun to stay connected. Well, I mean, you know, singing, uh, we talked a little bit about him just uh, earlier, but singing Tom Petty, that's a, it's a tradition at UF football games. Uh, yeah. Are you, are you holding out hope that maybe they'll, they'll start throwing in, this is Gator Country by Sister Hazel uh, at yeah. games, like, you know? I, I don't know what happened with that song. It, it just, it never, it never, uh, they never picked it up. And I don't think we have any control over that. But I will tell you a bucket, and I'm not kidding. A bucket list item for me is for them to play, you know, a song. It, and I don't mm -hmm. care. It can be. It can be anyone. Minutes before the game, I don't care. Just to, you know, I'll show up just to hear that in the stadium. <laughs> you know, um, uh, we've had some really cool times there. Though playing, we played uh, Gator Growl back when they used to fill the stadium. Um, and uh, I've got there's a really cool video of of the entire stadium singing "All for You." It was like. A goosebump moment you know it was it was very for, for a guy that i grew up literally like a mile and a half from the stadium um, yeah. where you could hear that you could hear the games on saturdays you know it was yeah. um it was really cool for us to get to do that well i was about to say i mean you guys have had so many connections to like uf football i mean you and ken met at a at a tailgate party, uh, you and did man, I love it. I, you did you did you you re like you researched it. I love you're you're like a you're you're my new favorite person in the world. <laughs> well, I'm glad. I'm glad we yeah. just became instant friends. That we are, we are 
did we just become best friends exactly exactly (laughs) you're gonna you're gonna hear the hall of notes start playing right now uh I uh, I noticed though that was the thing with the with the tailgate. Uh, I saw in an article it was Eagles. It was the Eagles yeah. that you yeah. started singing, which Peaceful, makes me so there. Yeah, there it is. I was gonna yeah. ask what song it was. That just makes me so happy. I guess. Now I it, mean, now it probably sounded more like. I probably sound like that, but we thought we sounded great. So it, <laughs> that's all that I mean. Did you know, like, right then, was it one of those things that was apparent? Like, man, me and this guy sound good together. I, you know, I don't think he and I did, but our friends did. And after that, the first few times that we got together and see, look, man, I, you know, I grew up, my, I'm actually the worst singer in my family. Like my brother and my sisters sing a thousand times better than I do. <laughs> but we grew up, you know, I grew up going to a church that 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 was an a cappella church. Like we didn't have musical instruments in church. And um, and so we, you know, you learn all the harmony parts. Um, and so like harmonies for me are just kind of second nature because my family, we used to my mom would play piano and we'd stand around the piano and sing songs and everybody would kind of pick a part. Now, do I know like do I know technically how to sing perfect harmonies? Like, do I, do I know how to sing the, what? No, but I know what harmonies sound like. And that's kind of what I do. I just, I just sing the harmonies Hear with Ken yeah. I, and I'll, I'll pick up harmony line that I like, and that's what I'll sing. Mm-hmm. Um, but once we started doing it together, we did, people were like, man, your voices, they have a blend that's almost sibling like, and, 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 and at this point, dude, we were, we are like brothers and all the good yeah. and ways, you know? So yeah. Um, yeah, it was something that was pretty special for us. I, I will say one other thing on the on the football. I mean, thinking back to that, that that's that's prime time Spurrier football right there when you guys met. That had to yeah, be some... you know, and that's what I you know, and I was going to mention this earlier when we were talking about Urban. The other thing that makes this job so difficult is what Spurrier did. You know, because before we yeah. had we were when we were you know Charlie Pell and and you know when we had. We, Galen Hall. You didn't have greatness to achieve, yeah. Oh, and then Springer came in and ruined our fan base. <laughs> you know what I mean? He did because, like, if we weren't winning ten games a season, it was a complete failure. Like, if we weren't yeah. in the SEC, you know, championship, it was a complete failure. So Urban comes in and he he did what he did, and then we're right back there. So now, like, you know, God bless That's Billy. the expectation. I hope, yeah, I hope Billy can make it through it because. We have some really unrealistic fans, and I'm a huge Gator fan, but our fan base can be uh, unrealistic sometimes. But, you know, that's uh, you know, I always uh, I went to USC for for grad school, South Carolina, and yeah. I was there when Spurrier was there, and yeah. you know, I that's why I love Gamecock fans. South Carolina, no expectations, no, literally none. Happy. Yeah. Like I, I had, I had a friend from Columbia before I even went to grad school there that he would love to tell me when they went zero and twelve, uh, in I forget what year it was, two thousand one, somewhere around there. They yeah. sold out the last game, every single, every single, yeah. And it, I mean, and that's the thing. It's like it, they'd start to lose and be like, you know, I guess. Isn't that what we're so, sort of supposed to do, though? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, like. It's, I'll, so, tell you you know, funny, I'll tell you a funny thing about that that period with Spurrier is 
so we've been really good friends with the Hooting the Blowfish guys forever. We've known mm -hmm. them you know, since we were all in vans and trailers. And um, and Darius used to hate Spur, hated him, hated Spurrier when he when was he's a on gamer. your side. It's not hard to hate. He's not hard to hate when <laughs> he gets on your like, side. I was like, wow, you you switched pretty quick, didn't you? you, you know, <laughs> all of a sudden, you're a big Spurrier fan. He was the winningest coach at South Carolina. I mean, he's, oh, yeah. he's yeah. So anyway, yeah, that's really funny, man. I mean, that's he made he made South Carolina actually relevant, which I mean, you know, he made them really. I mean, they they won. Four seasons where they were over ten wins, which you know, yeah, like it's crazy. And they they beat Clemson five times in a row, which was absolutely you know, for, man. for South Carolina fans the biggest the biggest thing ever. So so good. It, Spurrier, it just I I, I I love the dude. He just and me he, too, man. He's great. I've known him and I, actually his family too. I've known them forever, and they're just really good people. We were at dinner. Um, this is. I could probably a year ago now, but we were at dinner, me and my wife and my, my youngest son, and mm -hmm. he had just finished uh track practice. And we were kind of sitting at dinner and um, Spurrier and Jerry, his wife were there and they were walking out and they stopped by the table. And, and they were like, I was like, Hey coach, how's it going? He's like, Hey Drew, you know, whatever. And he started talking to my son and asking my son about, you know, you know, did you, you just get done with a track meet? You know, what, you know, what else you playing? He's asking him all these things. And I'm literally like welling up, like, like, yeah. Steve Spurrier's talking to my son, you know, whatever. And my son's like eating chicken wings or whatever. And he's like, yeah, you know, whatever. And he, and he walks off and I'm like, you do know who that was, right? I mean, you know who you were just talking to. And, and he was like, yeah, yeah. Uh, Coach Steve Spurrier. Right. And I was like, yeah. And he like kept me. I'm like, you don't get it, man. So I had to like do a whole educational thing for my son about who Steve Spurrier was. He's, was the, like, he's the name on the outside of the stadium. <laughs> He's yeah. he's the statue in front of the stadium. Yeah, he's the you, quarterback. He's the quarterback that kicked a field goal to win. Like you know, it's like what are you. Uh, it was, but it was fun. It was fun, kind of watching my youngest son Briggs when he started putting the pieces together and realized the guy was standing there talking to him, asking him about. I, it was for me. It was one of those moments. I was like, I'll never forget this moment. You know, but, it was. Oh. Well, I mean, and that's the thing with Spur, you wouldn't notice like. If if you if there's not somebody there saying all of those things about him, yeah, you you wouldn't know because he's just such a matter of fact guy that you're like, really so is. you you won the Heisman, yes, an individual award's not that fun to win, anyways, uh, and you're just like, what? This oh like, man, man, my my favorite my favorite Spurrier uh uh line, um, James Bates told me this one time, he said that uh during during one of the games. Uh, a certain player was in the game, made a bad play, was running back to the sideline, and Coach Spurrier goes, he goes, that's all right, that's all right, shake it off. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. I should have never put you in the game. Uh, uh, <laughs> I should have never put you in the game. I'm like, man, that is awesome. That is classic. Right, fair enough. Yeah, okay. Noted. Thanks, Coach. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> He, uh, I mean, he just, he, he tells it like it is. He is the ultimate tells it like it is coach. But is, I man. mean, you know, I mean, sort of going along with talking about UF and your connection with it. I mean, your daughter is a Gator now. Yes, she um, is. And I got to ask you, are you the dad that has already like told her all the spots 
that everything happened as far as Sister Hazel's history? Have you been able to refrain? Like when you go on campus, are you like uh, right there? 94. We had a we had a gig. We did this. This had like or or can you just sort of let her do I, her thing? I'm a mix. I'm a mix of that. There are times when when specific things are happening and I'll go, you know, we did, you know, we did this here. You know what I mean? Like uh, when they moved, when they moved Gator Growl out of the stadium, for, mm -hmm. I think they went to Connell Center first and then they're like mm -hmm. Plava Field or something. I, I, I'm not sure what happened, but that was a bummer for me, man. Those were, those are really special nights, Gator Growl in, in the, in the stadium. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there there have been times when when I'll I'll point specific things out to her, but she's man, she's a go getter, and so you know she knows half the stuff that's going on. I do find it, um, I, I am proud when my kids will send me a, a a picture that they take, like because pictures of the band are kind of up around town. Like there's right. a there's a mural in the Texas Roadhouse here off of Archer Road that has Tom Petty and then us like in a painting which is like really cool. Yeah. Um, and so I'll take a picture with that and I'll, you know, that makes me feel good. Cause they're, you know, they're proud of dad. Um, but yeah, it's, it's cool knowing that she's a Gator. My son, he's working really hard. He, he'd like to be a Gator. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, it, it is definitely good that you were not the embarrassing dad. I mean, you've, you've avoided that. I didn't that. say that. <laughs> I didn't say that. I'm sure I'm the embarrassing dad uh, quite, quite often, but luckily not as much as probably I could be, but yeah. You still come out as b them being proud every now and then. So that's yeah, ex you know, exactly. Yeah. It works out. Well, <laughs> I mean, you guys, uh, I wanted to go back real quick as far as the history of the band. I mean, you guys, like we already mentioned, you've been singing with Ken for 33 years. Um, you were a band for about five ish years four years before all you uh all for you hit big. yeah yeah um and you you guys i feel like experienced what most musicians dream of that explosion of popularity from that song that just rocket ship up you know i mean yeah. that just exploded and i i sort of wondered did did it feel like you thought it would Cause I mean, I know you had to be thinking about it before, like, you know, when this, when a song hits, we're going to be that famous, like, did it feel like that when it actually started happening? I'm probably a weird person to ask that because like you said, man, I played football. I was playing football in college after high school. And then I went out, I went out and lived on Hawaii for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. And when I came back, I met Ken and started singing and was finishing school. I really never... I was never like, I was never the guy that was in high school that was in the bands and did all like, I was never that guy. And even when things were taken off, Ken, me and Ken were an acoustic duo for several years. And he goes, man, I want to start a band. And I go, that's cool, but I'm, I'm graduating soon and I'm probably going to go get a job. So you, you need to find somebody to replace me. I mean, that, that, sincerely, there was a conversation of, he said, yeah. well, will you just stay in the band until I find somebody to come play rhythm guitar and sing harmonies? And I was like, yeah, okay. And several things happened over the, the course of that time period. And um, 
and I ended up staying in the band, which is like, I'm like, how did that just happen? So I good. didn't really have those dreams. It just kind of all, it just kind of all took off, you know, and I graduated as the band was taking off and, um, and then it was kind of a, I mean, even though it was over several years, it was just kind of a whirlwind. Like I don't, in fact, today, even sitting here, I'm like, I don't know how I even got here, man. I, I, I keep looking around. I have this imposter syndrome where I'm like, people are going to figure out soon that I'm not really <laughs> supposed to be here. So yeah, it's a, that's a, that's a weird question to ask me, but I'll, I will say, I can say this on this side of it, that I have a huge amount of gratitude for what has happened and for that song specifically because it opened all these doors for us. Yeah, man, we've continued to put out records. Like we we have put out a ton of music since All For You. Oh yeah. And we several songs that were that were considered hits. You know, mm -hmm. not they weren't number one hits, but they were hits and they were got a lot of airplay. Um and we've still connected with fans, but that song specifically still every, almost every time that we play it, the crowd sings every word of that song. Um, it opened up a, a ton of doors for us. And, um, you know, people are always like, do you get tired of playing that song? And no, man, I'm, I'm thankful. If, some, if the crowd wants to hear that song three times a night, let's do it. You know what I mean? It's, it's kind of, it feels like that. So nice. Now, yeah. Well, Ken, Ken had already wrote, that song he i mean he wrote that song prior to the band forming yeah and he wrote that in 91 the first year that he and i were together he wrote that song he came to a gig and brought he had this little cassette tape and he goes man you got to hear this and i went and sat out in his car we were uh, we were playing a place called the landing i think and i went and sat in his car and he played the song and i was like oh that's good man that's a good song okay let's go you know what i mean like you know like who knew you know and um but it was one of those he he got one like you know he he caught lightning in a bottle it was it, it was one of those one of those songs i i was i was about to say was it was it that feeling of like oh my god hold on to that but i, I guess it wasn't for you i guess it was just like nice right, yeah that's a good one <laughs> I, you know what i think in his it, it, in his real honest moment i think he would tell you that he had no idea what that was going to be i mean mm. i think he thought he had a good song and yeah. and the, when we started playing it um even just acoustically when we started playing it 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 connected which felt good um but yeah man and and you know what the funny thing is even once we signed with universal the executives uh uh doug morris um, I remember sitting, we were, I remember sitting in his office in New York as things were kind of unfolding and he goes, man, I don't know. I've never seen a song do this because it just continued to go up. It wasn't, it didn't go like that and hit number yeah. one and then off. It was a slow burn. In fact, it was such a slow burn that as we were trying to release happy and all these other songs that all for you wouldn't go away. And so we didn't, you know, we couldn't make room for champagne high or happy or change your mind or anything because all for you just steady burn the whole mm -hmm. time. Um, it's just one of those, it's, it's, uh, you know, I hope it gets its recognition recognition someday because it's one of those special songs that, you know, huge audiences sing back to us all the time. Yeah. And he, he, he wrote that for his, his, his wife now wife, right? I, can neither confirm nor deny that i'm not positive that was early on and 
I'm just going to leave that alone. <laughs> I don't know who that was for. Uh, it was for me. Want to he, he wrote that for me. It was it yeah. was definitely about he and I. He saw the relationship brewing, and yeah. he was like, got to write it. Well, real quick, I, I do want to get to the new music, but I, I before we go on to the new music, I want to uh, I want to point out you guys will be doing the 23rd Rock Boat uh, yeah. here at the end of January, which is absolutely insane. I mean, when you guys first started doing Rock, uh, the when you first started doing the Rock Boat, were you on board? Was it was it part of your idea? Was like, I mean, because I, I feel like if I was part of the band and this would have came up, I would have been like, "What? We're yeah, that. Was, we're going on." There a was cruise. some of that. There was some of that, and and I'll tell you, the first couple of years, we actually had to write checks at the at the end of that trip. Like we'd get back, and it would be like, "Okay, I see where this has." possibilities but everybody needs to write a check for such and such amount because we didn't we didn't mm. meet our mark that we needed to mark um and so uh the 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 growing pains were there for the first few years but it has been i will tell you this that we we all feel like that it's as much a legacy for us as anything the rock boat yeah. will be it's um it's one of those events that you i can't describe like I, I wouldn't be able to give you a, a true description of what it's like to be on board. Um, you just have to experience it yourself because it is such, it has become such a thing for everyone that's been on it and that goes on it. And what's really cool and, and, and gratifying for us is a lot of young bands that get a chance to go on the rock boat, they create a following for themselves by being with that community of people. And so when they yeah. go back through these towns, they have rock boat crowds show up and and from that there's a growth for these for these younger bands that get on there yeah and and we also take a lot of pride in the fact that we have bands on before they blow up like yeah. i you know, if you look back at the at the lineup for the rock boat zach brown played the rock boat like i don't know four or five times before you know he exploded um mm -hmm. and we've had a lot of a lot of really talented artists on that boat that have gone on to have great careers so it's it's a it's a cool thing i can't believe i'm getting to do it my whole family goes with me now and um and we you know it has it has calmed down into a thing that isn't completely spring break for adults like it's you know it's it's like i don't have to step over people in the hallway anymore which is kind of nice um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a great time. We're very proud of that event. I, I don't have a count right now, but I, I think we've had to had at least 40 bands that you guys have had invited on the rock boat on our show before. I mean, we had, we have three this, this year, uh, oh, you know, driving and crying, Susto, yeah, yeah. hotel fiction, all of those guys have been on the show. Uh, I, love one, I was wondering, I ATL legends right there. Just, oh, love, uh, love those guys, man. Uh, but I, I gotta, I gotta ask, do you guys, do you guys make the decisions on the bands? How do the, the bands, you know, get to be a part of the rock boat? We are a big part of, of the music, the research. Now, when I say we, it's not really me. Um, Ken and Jet, uh, probably are the are the leaders in in vetting the artists um our partners six man they do a lot of it as well mm -hmm. and every once in a while if i if i have a band that i'm like hey look I, i've seen these guys are really they'd be perfect you know 
um, then I'll, I'll suggest that um, just like Ryan or Mark will too. But, uh, but yeah, we actually do have our hand in that quite a bit. Um, now, because I suggest somebody doesn't mean that that's good, that that's going to happen, you know, but, but, uh, but yeah, we, we, we have definitely contributed to that nice. the way we, and something that's been really cool that we had, a, we came to a time period where, you know, in the beginning it was us and our friends that would yeah. uh, like our bands that we knew, you know, the, the Edwin McCain's and tonic and, you know, all these other bands, vertical horizon, all these, they'd be like, Hey, let's, let's go do this. And we got to a point where I was like, okay, we've been fortunate enough to, to stay in the business this long, but we're, we're crossing into a legacy act and not so much the current act. And so we can either continue to make it that, or we can make it what's new, like who are the new artists and what's happening there. And I'm proud that we, that we took that direction because like I said, you go on there and you see your next new favorite band and it continues to refresh the the fan base that comes on the rock boat as well because they want to see the neon trees and and these other you know these other uh bands that 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 weren't around when we started you know what right. i mean so and but we still keep a you know we keep a good mix we'll still bring on on yeah. guys that we're with and 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 uh and just have a good time but yeah very proud of that event and and hopefully it, it has a a long life ahead of it well, I mean, speaking of those new and upcoming bands, you do have Hotel Fiction on this year. Uh, have you have you got to see Hotel Fiction before? Have you heard any I of the music? I have not. I have you not, know? but I know that our I know that uh, some of the guys in our band have seen seen some of their work. So yeah, you you need to check out Jay and Jess this year. They're gonna they're gonna knock your socks off. They, okay, cool. Uh, talk talk about talk about harmonies. They got some harmonies, yeah. and every time I interview them. <laughs> they are they are a, they're a young group they graduated from uh uga oh, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly exactly but they graduated from uga just a couple of years ago they're so uh and i tell them every time they come on the show they just make me so like jealous of the the potential that they have it just seems so they they seem like they're taking advantage of the opportunity. They love to get out there. They love to play. They they they're just yeah they're they're making they're making it happen. And uh, every time I interview them, I make a suggestion about their career, and they usually yeah. never take them, which is, in all honesty, a good you know, yeah. good for them. Uh, yeah. But uh, I it, it, I was thinking about it when when they were going on the rock boat. I was like, you know what? Next time I I talk to them. I'm gonna tell them they need to do a cover of "All for You." That would be, that would be a jam right there. But absolutely, yeah. You know, but uh, like I said, like I said, if you get a chance, check them out on the Rock Boat. You'll be you'll I, be impressed. I will um, do that for sure. But for uh, just about a month after the Rock Boat, you've got uh, also uh, lyrics for life. Uh, yep. Last year, you guys raised. Six hundred seventy-five thousand uh, dollars to fight cancer, which is just uh, absolutely awesome. Uh, this year, you've got uh, Pat Monahan from Train uh, coming, which is super yeah. cool. Uh, I did want to ask one question about uh, lyrics for life. There's always a silent auction as part yeah. of the fundraising. And I got to say, I've looked at it several years, and you guys got, like, some super cool stuff in that auction. 
What was yes. the coolest thing you remember in that auction that you were just like, man, I actually sort of want to take that. That it I was want a, I want to get that. I, I I mean without without hesitation, it was a James Taylor lyric. Um and he had written it and and like I'm a huge James Taylor fan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um and he had written some lyrics down and we had it framed and, it, and I literally went up and I I, I was like I, I want to bid on this. I'm going to bid on this, you know, cause I, and I, and I thought how weird that was of my own thing to be bidding on auction items, but I really did feel like that that was, that that was the most incredible thing having yeah. a James or handwritten lyrics. Uh, yeah. was really cool. Yeah. I actually, I brought that literal example up to my parents this past weekend when I was talking about you guys doing lyrics for life. Cause I was like, they have some awesome stuff because my mom is a huge, huge James Taylor fan. And I was yeah. like, and that's what I brought. And I was like, that's amazing. If if I could, if I could afford it, I totally would. Wasn't, I would it, totally. wasn't it Fire and Rain? Yeah. Yeah. It was Fire it was, and Rain, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. I got goosebumps right now. You can't see them, but like thinking about that. <laughs> I mean, I did, the guy's just amazing. Yeah. 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 Well, let Let's fast forward to the new music. Uh, the last okay. time when Ryan was on the show, we were talking about the Element EPs. Fantastic split of four different EPs with the different elements there. And you guys, just this past August, released a single by itself, Coconut Trees, uh, which you wrote with Kyle Jacobs. Uh, yeah. It, it, it very, you know, I would say a, a little bit of a departure from sort of the normal sister hazel at least what you think of some of those signature sister hazel sounds much more beachy much yeah. more a relaxed vibe tell us how the song came about well I'll, the writing process of the song was actually kind of funny because it was we wrote that it was sometime between the end of november and the beginning of february or the end of february because nashville is like notoriously gray and gloomy and it's cold and it's wet, but not snow, just miserable yeah. rain. It's it's just depressing. <laughs> and, and, the, and the time change and everything else. So you're like, you know, it's dark at like 430. And it's it, anyway. So we were sitting there and we were talking about that. And we were like, man, let's let's write our way out of this. Like, let's write something that's not that. And that's where we kind of came up with the idea for Coconut Trees and started, you know, writing the song. And um, Kyle took it home. uh the day after we got done uh, writing it and changed a couple of little things on it and sent me the the tape of it. And that's all, you know, he, he just emailed me a, an MP3 of it and that's all I really had of it. And, and, um, you know, there were a few years there where I had a writing deal up in, up in Nashville with a guy named Frank Liddell, who's, who's just a great guy. And, and I owe him a lot because he introduced me to so many great songwriters in Nashville. And, and, uh, I'm, I'm very thankful for that, but, um, I had written a ton of songs during that time period. And, and I don't know how many bands you talk to that actually will tell you the truth, but when you, when you walk in with a new song for your band, they're not going to jump up and down. Most, most of the time, they're not going to hear the song and jump up and down and, and be yeah, excited. Hard I, judges. It's not really going to work that way. A lot of times it'll be really like the nicest thing you can get is if the room just stays really quiet when the song finishes playing and somebody goes, Oh, I like it. You know, that, that, then you, you, right then you can pat yourself on the back. Yeah. So I had a ton of songs. I have a, and, and I still do have a ton of songs that are, they're kind of in a, an open vault for people to sift through. 
And when we were submitting songs for the next recording period, I came across that email from Kyle because mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately Kyle uh, Kyle passed away. And, um, and so it had me thinking about the songs that I had written for him. And I pulled that out. The band had never really seen it. And a, a couple of the guys were like, look, I know that that's different, but I think it's something that our fan base will latch on to. Let's, let's, let's take a swing at that. And we went in, man, and it just kind of took on a life of its own. It's, it's a, it's a really fun song. Um, it was really cool to have the steel drum player come in and, and do the steel drums in the studio. So, I, you know, we're still trying to work our way through the live version of it because there are certain aspects of the song that when it doesn't have that, it kind of doesn't have everything it needs. Yeah. So we're working our way through that. But uh, but that song was a lot of fun for us. For sure. Well, I noticed, you know, uh, Ken, when uh, Jimmy Buffett passed away, you know, he wrote he wrote a big tribute to uh, to Jimmy. And of course, you know, Jimmy's the king of Beach Vibes. Absolutely. So, I mean, was was Ken on board with this? I'm, I'm guessing he was pretty, you know, pretty jazzed about having a very beachy song. Yeah, it was, you know, sadly, it was it was ironic that 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 Jimmy's passing happened after we had recorded the song. And yeah. and uh, so, uh, yeah, you know, I'd, I'd like to think, you know, it's on it, it, it's it was getting some play on on No Shoes Radio, which was uh, which was something I was I was because, I you know, I, I performed barefooted. So it was like, man, yeah. that's right. Where the song belongs. Um, but it was cool. I, I'd like to think that Jimmy would give us the nod on that and go. All right. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's one. You know, I, I get it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, um, man, that was that. You know, talk about legends. That was losing a legend there too. Abs- absolutely. Just so so many. I like that was a funny thing when when he passed away. There would it, songs would come up, and I'd be like, "Oh man, I forgot yeah. about that jam." You know, like right. I mean, like even it sounds ridiculous to an actual Jimmy Buffett fan. But like I, I completely forgot about come Monday morning, like right. I just I just forgot such a jam because it was such an early Jimmy song, yeah. and then all of a sudden you know I was seeing all these tributes to him, and I was like, that's right. Here yeah. I haven't been listening to that jam for the last like ten years. Like well, that and the and the amount of people that he touched in his life, like the mm-hmm. the artists and the influence that he had for so long, and he was always like super generous to do things oh, with. Yeah with different artists he would always lend his voice or you know whatever it was um he was just a you know he'll he'll be missed there's no doubt about that and i mean you know it is his his presence is everywhere in relaxation and good times it's yes, just it it's it's always there it's always there but let's uh let's talk about the newest song it's scheduled to be released here on the 19th love you more uh, this was another collaborative effort. You wrote this with Ryan and Jack Sizemore. That's right. Uh, tell us about the the creation here on this one. So we were we we got into a writing room up in up in Nashville, and uh, and the three of us, you know, I've, we've known Jack since back when it was just Ken and Andrew. When we were an acoustic duo, there was a a, a duo in town called Britton and Jack, and that was that was Britton Cameron and Jack Sizemore. And actually, Ken and I would go watch them because they just, I mean, they were like, they, they were killer. Like they, they had it down. I mean, they would do, you know, they would do Helplessly Hoping and all these other songs acoustically. And we were always just like, man, 
um, you know, we were doing Margaritaville, but, but anyway, uh, <laughs> different, different, different strokes for different yeah, folks. Yeah. Did uh, they yeah. kill, they, did they kill the, the Crosby stills, uh, uh, harmonies there? Oh man. They, yeah. So good. Yeah. They just, they, they were really that good. Um, and so when we got in the room with Jack and, and, and me and Ryan and them being guitar players, you know, the first, the first hour was just catching up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. we, we sat around, you know, and once, but once we kicked into this song, this was one of those songs that, you know, that there, there's kind of different songs. Some songs take months to create and finish. And some songs you get done in 45 minutes. Well, this one was one of the quicker ones. Like we, you know, it wasn't 45 minutes, but it was in a couple of hours, that song kind of came out and it just felt good. And we had that song it, that was floating around the vault of the open vault of songs. And um, we brought it in the studio and the original version, <clears throat> when we were playing in the studio, it felt fine. It was fine, but um, we decided that we were going to open our minds and let's just divert from where we were with the song. It's just mm -hmm. whatever you think of, let's try it and just see if we can give it a different life. And Ryan came up with this hooky thing in the chorus now that that is now the song. And we were all like, I love it, man. Let's run down that path. And so the song took a turn. It's still the song, um, but it took a turn for this kind of, it's really kind of an old school Hazel thing because we had several songs, um, uh, a song called Everybody, uh, some songs that kind of fell into that, into that groove. Um, and so it's, it's, it's reminiscent of some of the old school, uh, sister Hazel songs. Yeah. Um, but Jack, you know, Jack is now, he's actually out playing guitar with Jason Aldean. So he's, you know, Jack's doing his thing. Britain is a, is a very successful songwriter in Nashville and, nice. um, you know, we're all Gainesville guys. So it's kind of fun to, to record a song that we wrote with, with Jack. For sure. Well, I mean, I heard, you know, I've, I've heard the song, uh, got the, got the privilege of the sneak peek and, uh, I do, I gotta say, I love the, the syncopated stops with the harmonies in yeah. the chorus. It's just, that, it's such that a was jam. It. That's what, yeah. that was it. That was what Ryan, Ryan came up with that. And it was like, all right, that's cool, man. Let's follow that. So, yeah. yeah. And then, and then of the, the, the funky the funky guitar you know the at the start just now was that Kurt was that already in the song no no yeah. once we went once we changed it all it all kind of got revamped so Ryan had that guitar part and um and we added that in nice uh, it, yeah. it definitely it got it that part is more funky I'll say than other sister Hazel stuff the harmonies yeah. definitely like you said owed owed to some of the older stuff but then you've got at the start of the song it's definitely you know there's some there's some 70s funk to it there's some yeah there's some real groove in the drums there's some real uh there's some real sort of uh nice rhythm on the guitar i like it a lot it's uh, you know that, that's something honestly I've, I've been proud of uh about our band is that we're not afraid to go to coconut trees and then go to love you more and then go to a song like shame or a song like uh i was trying to think we have a couple of songs that are you know kind of heavy um mm -hmm. but anyway a uh, sword and shield if you mm -hmm. listen to like sword and shield and you listen to coconut trees you're like that is not the same band yeah. um except for it sounds like it us but but uh we're, we're never afraid to kind of swing the bat and let the songs kind of dictate what they want to be 
And yeah. this song just happened because of the idea of, man, let's just see what happens. Um, if I played you the songs the way it came in and the way it came out, um, you would see where the similarities are. Um, it's still the same song. It just took on a different life. So it's yeah. really cool. Proud of it. Proud of how it turned out. For sure. For sure. Well, now, uh, I heard this is going to be a part of an album here in 2024. Is that true? And do we have any more details on an album? I'm starting to think that you're more in my band than I am. Because <laughs> I, I don't have a finished copy of the song yet. And you've already heard it. And I'm like, how did he hear it? I haven't even heard it yet. Um, mm -hmm. uh, that and and the whole album thing. I, you know, I, I think the idea is to... You know, because people don't people don't absorb music the way they used to. Like people would buy a record that they that they liked a song on, and then they'd put it in and listen to the whole record and go, "Oh man, I found my favorites." They just don't do that anymore. So we've we are I think our plan is to continue to put out new songs, and mm -hmm. then somewhere along the line, I guess we will collect those songs. For one reason or another, we'll probably try to submit an order of which the songs are on whatever format that is now, because who knows what that format's going to be, and then we'll release a record. So yeah, you're probably right. Well, I, I've been meaning to, to tell you, Drew, you know, you mentioned earlier, uh, 30 years ago, Ken was looking for somebody to replace rhythm guitar and vocals for you. Yeah. It's me. I'm hey. the new guy in the band. So <laughs> Now I, it makes sense. <laughs> Just, hey, good luck. They're all crazy. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think I'd make it. The on a part of the, I don't have any talent. That would be the main problem there. Uh, uh, that imposter syndrome you were talking about, uh, that would actually be true for me. There would be no talent, and people would be like, "This guy doesn't know how to play guitar oh, or sing. Man. This is a problem." But hey, uh, I got, I've done it. <laughs> I've done it. You can do it. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure all the listeners are looking forward to the new music. Uh, they're looking forward, hopefully, to a new album because I'm sure all the hazelnuts are, you know, they still love an album. They're yeah, going to look forward to it. They they I can't wait so. to hear. Yeah, so, we're releasing vinyls now too, which is cool. So and people are people are snatching those up. So it's it's kind of fun. Oh, it's it's uh you know it's the it's the new. It's it gives you that tangible thing of your favorite yes. band. Uh, and, you know, it, it is it's one of those. My brother is firmly stuck in the in the CD world. He is, uh, you know, he grew up in the CD world. He is a believer in the CD world. He is a believer in the quality of it. He does not like the uh, people trying to tell him that the, you know, that the digital is not nearly as good as the analog. Oh, and the, the, yeah. But, uh, I mean, the big difference when you just look at a record is that y you got just a, a much bigger escape. It's a much bigger, yeah. it's basically a bigger poster that you can yeah. look at and go, wow, look at this. Yeah, there we go. You know what, you like, know what always comes to my mind when, when I start, when we start talking about those things is Kiss Alive 2. Remember? Because that was the one that yeah. you could open. Yeah. And then it had the stage scene with the fire and all the guys were doing their thing. And it was like that. I mean, you, you literally would. It's are, a real poster. I would lay there and look at that while listening to the record and just yeah. stare. You know, it's a stinking picture, but I would sit there and just look at that. It was like, that was really cool. Do you, well, have, I mean, do you have a record player? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, if I go around, I mean, you know, that's the. 
all the all the different artists from the uh from the show ha are in the studio with me we have i don't know uh 150 different uh albums on the wall which one of them would be sister hazel which is right there and then Very before cool. you guys started making uh vinyls we have the uh cd right over there of the elements also framed on the Very wall cool. there, but yeah, I, you know, man, I think I'm gonna have to break down and and get a, uh, a an LP record player. Like I'm gonna have to get to do that. Um, yeah. I haven't done that. I, I, I experience that again. It, you know, it it is one of those big differences uh, that I don't. It, it's amazing to me when I talk to younger people that aren't audiophiles. When I talk to people that just you know, consume music on the casual level that are below yeah. the age of 25. Um, it's fun. That's the biggest thing. It's like you mentioned, even when people had either CDs or they had vinyls, you had nothing to do but just look at the actual case. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> right. You look. And so even the casual fan would become sort of experts as far as that album they'd be like oh this is who produced it oh you know where they recorded it oh this is the you know the year that and so like now that context is always lost that's the yeah. thing that i've noticed that's changed the most you talk to somebody that is under 25 about an album and that will be the thing that they're always missing when you talk about it is like you'll be like oh yeah well that was like what was that late 80s and they're like what I thought that was recorded in the 70s. That's not a 70s song? And you're like, no. Yeah. It's poison. It's po it's it's poison. What are you talking about? Like, and just, you know, that that context of where it comes from and like going on, like you mentioned, just sort of like opening the album and going, I'm gonna go on this adventure. Right. You know, yeah. like and that that's that's the great part of having a vinyl is being able to go on that adventure going into that world for for a while and uh yeah it it is good to see i mean it is definitely you know it's definitely strong now it's definitely people are are coming back to vinyl uh i still think yeah. it's more of a collection thing than it is just uh a listening thing but they're coming back nonetheless it's, right uh, yeah you know, it's funny because I posted a picture. I was going through some stuff in my attic the other day, and I posted a picture of a bunch of a bunch of long play records that were mine when I back then. Like I still have them. And when I, I posted saw that, oh, uh, you saw it, yeah. And people, there was a lot of, of reaction to seeing those because it was like, yeah. And, and I even then I was thinking, man, I need to go get them because I would love to go listen to those. You know, the, it'd be it'd be the Zeppelin, the Kiss, yeah. the yeah. David Bowie. I saw, yeah, yeah. Man. Yeah. And I think I think pretty much every single one of those is right over on right beside my record players. Uh I know oh, I know awesome. the I know the Zeppelin, I know the Zeppelin and the Bowie is. I know for sure. And the old the old Van Halen. Oh, oh yeah. Good stuff, man. Good oh stuff. yeah. But uh Drew, it has been a fantastic time talking to you. I'm sure the listeners are looking forward to music, but I wanna I wanna thank you for taking the time and talking with us today. No, man, thank you very much. I look, if it, if it weren't for for guys like you, and actually, like I said, we are best friends now because you're you're here, you're cream of the crop, man, no doubt. Uh, and so I I fully enjoyed uh, our time, and uh, and thanks for taking time for us. We appreciate for sure. it. Sure.
For sure. Listeners, you can check out all things Sister Hazel at SisterHazel.com. You can follow them on social media at Sister Hazel. Right now, let's take a listen to Coconut Trees right here on the Doc G Show. Here on the Doc G Show, Mr. Drew Copeland, Mike. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Such a fantastic guy. Yeah, he is. Such, such a good guy. Any highlights from the interview, Mike? Well, first of all, Doc G, congrats on being an honorary member of the band and also Drew's new best friend. Congrats. Uh, you know, That's amazing. I mean, how how did that happen, right? That I'm I'm his best friend. And I took his spot in the band. Yeah, That's pretty great. Like I don't know how incredible. I manage those two things, but I, I can't wait to go on tour with him. Congrats, man. I can't wait to see it. It's it's um, definitely <laughs> going to be the same thing as in high school. I, I've told this story too many times on the show already, but it's going to be the same thing, Mike. In high school, when I was in marching band uh, as a drummer at one of our competitions, our, drum, uh, our uh, band director told me, just a fake fake playing because I was so off time that it would ruin everybody else. So that's exactly what will happen with Sister Hazel. They'll be like, just strum the air and just mouth mm-hmm. the, the words into the mic. Don't yeah. actually sing anything. You got it. I'll do it. I'm like, I'd be fine with that. I'd be fine with a Sister Hazel mime. Oh, you yeah. know? Yeah, that'd, that'd be, be good awesome. times. Minus the rock boat. That was one where I was like, yeah, I can't get on. I can't literally no. get on board with a boat. No, rock no, 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 boat. no. I like, I, I, uh, like I said, I was super, in, I've always been super impressed by it because they did it their own. And they were like, and I mean, those, those happen all the time, Mike, now. Like, I mean, you yeah. know, uh, oh, yeah. uh, There's uh, comedy uh, boats. I was about to say, Bert, Bert Chrysler just yeah. had his big and andy was out there andy frasco was mm-hmm. like the the mc of it and it was i mean good god there were so many middle-aged balding hairy men out there on a mm-hmm. boat just being ridiculously drunk it was uh yeah i, I wouldn't want to be on that boat for the folks no offense to those folks but <laughs> i also i also wouldn't want to be out there because of the the boat like you said jesus yeah but they seem to love it man they yeah. seem to love it. They love I would it, much, yeah. I would much rather go to a festival on land. Yeah, I would much sure. rather be on a, in a festival. But what, uh, anything else, Mike? Uh, the um, random, but I like how they say they feed the mothership. Like they all have this their little yeah. side gigs, and but they're yeah. like, we, but we feed the mothership. We stay together. We do our shows. But um, yeah. the cool thing that he did uh, mention that he did a couple times. He mentioned in the interview was the gator growl. Um, yeah. which mm-hmm. super famous, all, yeah. Jerry Seinfeld, Robin Williams, just all these like comedians were huge at it. Mike. Yeah, Dane Cook said that was like the biggest show he had ever done. Uh, yeah. was the Gator Growl. It's like, whoa, yeah. that would be wild. And then all those people are singing their songs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What that would just yeah. be that'd blow me away. That'd yeah, it, it's, it's wild. Like, I mean, I would like to actually go back and find who like booked people for the gator growl 
Because they got a lot of people like right when they were hitting just their mm. super popularity. Mm-hmm. Because they got Robin Williams like in the 80s, right when he was skyrocketing. Really? They got Jerry Seinfeld like right at the beginning of Seinfeld, like right then. Like Dane Cook before he hit, I forget which one of his comedy specials that skyrocketed. The double, the double disc one, whatever one that one was. But uh, yeah, it's, it's wild. It's wild. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, I think that was it. I mean, um, well, I do wonder though, how much, how much talent has been lost to partying? Like how much good, how many good? I don't, to me, I don't think that much partying. I mean, I, to me, I would, I would definitely separate partying and just substance abuse. Yeah. Okay. You know, because to me, there is, you know, partying is I'm out there to have a good time. I'm out there with these other people. And if you take away drugs, yeah, I'm not going to be happy, but I'm still going to do it. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm still going to party. Yeah. Substance abuse is I'm only here for the drugs. And if you take away the people, I don't give a going to do these Mm. drugs. I got. And uh, I think, you know, that obviously has ruined a lot more careers and and, you know, music than than just partying yeah but yeah that makes sense but then i you know i mean partying can be i mean obviously a huge distraction it can slow you down too you know but yeah but i yeah i mean these guys they had it under control yeah they were going you know they they were they were doing stuff in the 90s but it's not like they were motley crew so yeah like yeah they were just having a good time and being happy that people like them you know Mm -hmm. so yeah Anyways, shout out to Sister Hazel. Yeah. Go listen to their new song there. Uh, fantastic. Uh, well, both both new songs. They are both fantastic. Mike, we are going to move on to the fastest growing segment in the world. Mike C. Top 3. That is correct. Now, Mike, if the listeners want to review our list mm-hmm. from now on, they can go on to the website and they can see the past week, or I guess you would say the current week's top three, me and Mike's choices for that list, and then the upcoming topic for the next week. It will be listed on the website so you can compare to your own list, listeners, if you want to do that. If you don't want to listen, and maybe you're like, you know, what's the topic? And you don't want to go and track through the show and be like, where was it? You can just go on the website. Mm-hmm. That's what the website's there for, listeners. Yep. To be a helpful guide. Mm-hmm. Regardless, me and Mike talked it over. Um, over the break, I asked him, do you have any new topics? And Mike was like, no, I don't give a <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> and then I was like, I was like, do you now? And he's like, okay, I've done some. Fine. And his, uh, your topic, Mike, I was, at first I was a little iffy. And then I was like, you know what? No, I'm excited about this. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's the top three frozen pizzas. Yes. Now, I think we need to be clear uh, for any of those out there listeners who want to be pizza snobs, who you're looking at the list and be like, that's not actually a good pizza. I've got news for you. They're frozen pizzas. They're all skanky. <laughs> okay. Yeah. None of them are going to be good pizzas, but no way. I'm not going to turn down any of them. Nope. Because I am a pizza slut. Yeah, so me too. Regardless, Mike, any honorable mentions? 
Yeah, I have a couple. Uh, Red okay. Baron pepperoni pizza. Mm. Always, always awesome. And then also Publix brand white oh. pizza. Oh. The frozen white pizza. Yeah. Uh, okay. I like both. I like both, Mike. Mm. I've got two honorable mentions. Uh, first honorable mention, DiGiorno. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's and it's honorable mention, but it is so crappy. Like oh, as yeah. far as the actual pizza, it is so low on the list. Mm-hmm. But it's nostalgic for me because mm-hmm. I remember when they first came out, and I was just like, "Oh my god, it's it the self rising dough. This is so classy. I gotta get this, you know." But they suck, regardless. Yeah, they're not. Uh, the other one, sort of like yours. there's two store brand uh i i forget what it's like it's like there's two store brands of kroger's Mm -hmm. and there's one that they try to make like classy i forget what it's called but the the pepperoni pizza version of the classy uh kroger's oh that's killer mike that is that's a that's a good pie right there i think you may have mentioned my my number two spot but it's okay we'll get to it we'll get to it okay We'll All get right. to it. Okay. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Mike, uh, I'll go ahead, jump in my number three. My number three, Newman's Own Pepperoni Newman. Pizza. <laughs> Newman's Own. Okay. Yeah. All right. That dude makes right. some killer salad dressing, and guess what? Kick eyes <laughs> too. All right? All right. He's got a, his happy faces on there. He's usually got, you know, they've always got a little cartoon around him. It's a good time, Mike. Mm-hmm. Get, get get those Newman Own. They're, I don't they're think good I've stuff. had the Newman's Own. Drop it sometime. Yeah. Get it. Okay. Okay. Mike, you're number three. Number three is DiGiorno, but specifically, it's the croissant pizza. <laughs> the I don't think I've ever had that one. The DiGiorno pepperoni croissant pizza. Yeah. So the, the crust is a croissant. And well, it's, now, uh, it's quite delicious. Now you've made an excuse for me. Now <laughs> I got to go get a croissant DiGiorno. Say no more. Got to try it. Uh, Mike, I mean, they are, though. They. <laughs> They are just so bad, the DiGiorno's. They're so bad. Yeah, they are. They're like, anyways, <laughs> number two, Stouffer's French bread pepperoni. Ah, okay. And let me tell you, if Curve you ball. don't agree with the Stouffer's, go yourself, okay? That's all I got to say, because Stouffer's does everything. Yeah. Stouffer's lasagnas, is awesome. Mm. They're lasagnas, Mike. Oh my God! And the 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 Stouffers are super nostalgic for me because my mom used to get them. My mom used to get those all the time, and uh, yeah, I just you know, every now and then I'm like, do I want one? I do. Yeah. It just takes you to it takes you to that good place, Mike. Stouffers is they they're they knock it out of the park. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Mike, you're number two. Number two, the Kroger. Hot honey pepperoni pizza with jalapenos. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, you're going spicy, Mike. Yeah. You're going spicy. You look that pizza oh. up. It's uh I think everybody can agree why that would be a number two spot for me. That's a good I looking pizza. I don't blame you, Mike. Now, does does this Kroger's brand, uh, like the one that I was talking about, does this Kroger's brand, does it actually come with like balls of mozzarella on the top and then they melt? No, not that one. But I think okay. there's another like fancy Kroger pizza that yeah. is it's that's, just as good. That, yeah. That's the one that that I uh, with pepperoni. That's mm-hmm. the one. Oh man. 
Those little balls, I'm like, you guys did it with the mozzarella balls. Nicely done. <laughs> yeah. Nicely done. Now, Mike, my number one, I, th I, th I this is actually just like for quality of pizza right here, you know? Okay. Screaming Sicilian holy pepperoni. Oh, yeah. Load Loaded pan. Loaded okay. pan. It's just good, Mike. All right. All right. It's. Will you wake up with feelings of regret? Yes. Mm-hmm. But it's good. Yeah. I've never had this. While screen. you're eating it, you will not have regret. Yeah. No way. You'll be in. But when you wake up sweaty and sad, you'll have a little regret. Mm-hmm. But delicious, Mike. Yeah. Number one for you. Um, number one for me, I went pure trash. I'm going pure trash. Any guesses? Tombstone? Totinos. Oh, Totino's even trashier. <laughs> Nicely done. You can make this nice. in the microwave. You'll, you'll get the same quality, but I, I believe in overcooking it, and this is the way to go. Yeah. Yeah, yeah get it real crispy, yeah. real toasty. Yeah. My, uh, I, I had some friends that, I mean, you know, I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, but I feel like Tostino's more more known for their pizza rolls than their pizza. Yeah, probably. You know? you know, and I had some friends that that's that's what they were about. Mm -hmm. They were so about those pizza rolls, and they would just throw, and they were so, oh, God, you put them in the microwave, and they were just all, like, gelatinous and just <laughs> weird, and, like, and one side's 5,000 degrees and one side's still frozen. And you're yeah. just like, how does the science work of this? What is this? What like, does a microwave do, really? <laughs> it's just, I mean, my God. Yeah, so Tostinos. I like it, Mike. Way to end it yeah. out. Yeah, it's a good, it's is a good that, pizza. Is, 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 that a, uh, is that a nostalgia? I'm guessing that's nostalgic purpose. I had right? so much... Totino's pizza growing up that like I think it's a part of my nervous system like I think it's mm. I knew my number one was so that's so that's why you're saying you are at the peak of of healthiness right now yeah I thought so yeah I thought so it's mm -hmm. been it's been fueled by Totino's I like pretty it. much I like it pretty much Mike uh I've got a couple I've got a couple of uh suggestions if you want to run with any of my suggestions oh yeah with definitely. uh Okay, let me. Uh, I pulled out my phone, listeners. My notes here. Oh, come on. Hold on. I was just. I was putting down a couple of these. Okay, stop me when you find something you like here. Okay. Top three favorite classes from high school. Top three favorite things served at cafeteria in high school. Top three. Nike shoes that aren't Jordans. Mm. Top three video games after 2010. Okay. I think we could stop there. Okay. Which one do you want to go with? But send Any me that those? entire list. Um, hmm. I'm just writing these down. Good top threes, Doc G. Thank you. I, um, I would like to go with... The Nike shoes that aren't Jordans. Okay. Yeah. All right. We're going back shoes, listeners. Yeah. We're going back shoes. I like. By the way, listeners, uh, if you're not shoe people, I apologize. But uh, the new Jordans, the the actual AJs that just came out, I think I might get me a pair. Yeah. Might do it. They look pretty slick, man. 
They look pretty slick. I like them. I like them. You have them. to send me a picture, Doc G. I'm not sure which ones you're talking about. Oh, yeah, they're new. They're hot on the streets. All right. They're good. They're good. Regardless, listeners, go ahead and write it down for yourself. Top three shoes. Nike shoes, not Jordans. Mm-hmm. There you go. There mm-hmm. you go. All time, too, listeners. Yeah. Anytime. Anytime. Uh, Mike, we have two, two birthday suits. You are one for one. You are perfect right now, Mike. 100%. Now, I've got one that I'm pretty positive you'll get. One I'm not sure. Okay. Which one do you want to do first? Let's do the not sure. Okay. It's another singer, Mike. It's a singer. Uh, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you the singing clue. It's gonna be. Uh, it's gonna be pretty bad here. Um, <clears throat> well, you're a real tough cookie with a long history mm. of breaking little hearts like the one in me. All That's right. okay. Let's get down to it. Put up your dukes. Let's get down to it. Hit me with your best shot. Is it? Uh, Come on. Hit me with your best shot. Is it Blondie? Fire away. No. It's not Blondie. Not Blondie. Not Blondie. Another another 80s singer had the songs Heartbreaker, We Live for Love, Hit Me With Your Best Shot, Love is a Battlefield, We Belong, initials? Fire and I'll Ice. I'll take initials. P.B. P.B. Mm-hmm. It's not Paula. No. Nope. Nah, I wanted to say Paul Abdul. Nah, no. I'll just uh, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll take the last one. clue. My name is in the start of her last name. Oh, Pat Benatar! There oh. it is. There Pat it is. Get a half. You got a half. I'll take it. Got a half. One and a half. Pat Benatar, Mike. Pat Benatar, born on January tenth, nineteen fifty-three. Massive success by Pat Benatar in the 80s. Like I said, Heartbreaker, We Live for Love, Hit Me With Your Best Shot, Love is a Battlefield, We Belong, Fire and Ice. She was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2022. She's won four Grammys. She's had 11 studio albums and nine top 10 singles. There you go. Pat Benatar. Turning Mike, 71. 71 for Pat Happy Benatar. birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this one, Mike, I know you got this one. No doubt. No doubt. A world-famous boxer who also sold grills. Who also sold grills? Yes. Lean, mean, fat-reducing grilling machines. Oh, George Foreman. <laughs> You thought you were thinking teeth grills. (laughs) Yeah, no, 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 no. Okay. No. Food grills, Mike. George Foreman is correct. Yes, indeed. Nicely done. Born on January 10th, 1949. Marshall, Texas, Mike. Two-time world champion. I think a lot of times people forget. At least I do. Well, I don't really forget. I just, every now and then I need to remind myself. He was world champion... In 72 was when he first became world champion in boxing. And then he lost it in 74 to Muhammad Ali. And then he got it back in 1994. Wow. 
It's a 20-year space before he became heavyweight champion again. Wow, that's wild. Where he became the oldest person to win a championship when he was 45. 45 years 45. old. 45, wow. Yeah. I and I guarantee that. you, I would not want to have been hit by the 45-year-old George Foreman. I wouldn't want to be hit by the 75-year-old George Foreman. Yeah. But, you know, regardless. He ended up his boxing career with 76 wins, Mike, five losses. He is the in the International Boxing Hall of Fame, and the Ring Magazine listed him as one of the 25 best boxers of all time. Uh, and... He has sold over 100 million units of the lean, mean, fat-reducing grilling machine. It's estimated that he made over $200 million from the grill. I not had bad. One. I had one. I did not, Mike. I've no. used one. My friend Brandon had one. I didn't have it. I would just, you know, if I, if I need to size it, throw out my skillet, man. Yeah. I want to get rid of that fat. I want to keep that fat. I want that fat to be in my food. Don't be mm. escaping fat. No, thank you. Yeah, Dr. You know? G, I just had no idea how to cook. I was like fresh in college. Like, I just had no idea. I was like, I'm going to cook a hot dog on this thing. I'm going <laughs> to smash something down. <laughs> you know what on I here. did? Yeah. I did. I cooked them vertically, or I, I didn't cook them horizontally. Oh, you put them the in the yeah, little, yeah, you just yeah. put them in a little groove there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. Oh, well, not, well, I don't know if it's a good idea. It's not a bad idea. <laughs> it's you know? just, it's it just, just an idea. idea. Yeah, it's just <laughs> an idea. Um, Mike, I yeah. am super excited about the shows we've got coming up. Next week, we have another returning guest. Can you believe it? We're getting people to come back. It's like yes. they're not offended by me. Pretty nice. Uh, I like it. that. I yeah. like that. Next week, we have the fantastic Mark Broussard on the show, my goodness. Yes! The 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 man from Karen Crow, Louisiana. I love his accent. It is fantastic. It makes me happy every time I hear it. He's just such a nice guy. We're gonna talk pops, po boys. We're gonna talk so many other things, Mike. Um and then the week after that, uh, we have just an insane musical legend we have jerry douglas on the show jerry douglas for those of you who are not familiar is a dobro player a dobro player which you know is basically a slide guitar mike mm -hmm. basically yeah. and he has won 15 grammy awards wow and he has played on over 1,600 albums. His Dobro can be heard on over 1,600 albums. That is insane. How is that even possible? Exactly, man. How is that I'm, even possible? I'm going to ask him. There's no way he can actually tell if it's him or not. Like, he's been on so many songs. There's no way he can remember. Like, he listens and they're like, I think that's me. Is that me? Yeah. Did I play that? Like, I mean, I, I definitely would be like that. There would be no way. It's crazy. Just super yeah, successful, Mike. I yeah. can't wait to talk to him. It's going to be fantastic. We've got some other great, great uh, guests coming on. Big news, Mike. Down the road, we've got Mr. Tom Papa coming on the show. Yeah, we do. I can't Huge. wait to talk to Tom. Uh, that guy, he doesn't stop working. No Holy way. Holy crap. Nope. Holy crap. He's got like five books. 
He's got two radio shows. He's got three podcasts. He tours stand-up nonstop. Like, good Lord. I would I would be fatigued. Mm-hmm. I would be very fatigued. Yeah, but then again, he's got the right idea with his podcast. He eats on one of his podcasts the whole time. Mm. He just invites guests to come, and they break bread. They just mm. eat. Literally. That's, it. that's his thing, yeah. right? They bread. literally they, they break they they break bread and they eat they talk about it. I was thinking, Mike. I don't know if I want to ask him. I don't know like I, I don't know if this would be. I, I don't know how this would be offensive. But I've been thinking if I want to ask him if he would like to do a show, uh, a podcast or something with uh, Stanley Tucci. You know, I don't know why that would be offensive. I have no idea. I'm just saying. I don't know if I want to actually ask that as a question. But I just feel like that would be such a good duo they both Hmm. love food so much they're both hilarious it would just i feel like it'd be an awesome time yeah i don't think that'd be offensive okay i might ask it we'll see we'll see i don't know i'm very excited though listeners mark it down in your calendar at some point tom papa in 2024 Mm -hmm. on the doc g show regardless mike it has been a fantastic start to the year am i right yes it has been yes i can't wait for 49 more shows this year. Very excited. Until next week, listeners, I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus the Verticus Charette. Always a pleasure, Doc G. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. And until next week, zip it up and zip it out. Zip it a doodah.